Welcome to today's episode of Direct Mail Automation School, a podcast for marketers who are looking for an edge as they deploy direct mail and omni-channel marketing campaigns. My name is Dennis Kelly. I'm the CEO of Postalytics, the leading direct mail automation platform designed for marketers to deploy automated direct mail and omni-channel marketing campaigns with the speed, integration, and analytics of digital marketing. Today, we're being joined by our guest, Trish Witkowski. Trish, welcome. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Sure thing. Uh, Let me give the audience a little bit of your background here. So uh, Trish is the CEO and founder of FoldFactory.com, an international keynote speaker and an instructor for LinkedIn Learning. At the helm of Fold Factory, Trish serves as the president and is the mastermind behind the award-winning FoldWrite folding template system. She has also authored several valuable resources, including the well-received Direct Mail Simplified and Paper Folding Templates for Print Design. An accomplished instructor for LinkedIn Learning, Trish holds a Master's of Science in Printing and a Bachelor of Arts in Graphic Design from RIT. Welcome, Trish. We're psyched to have you here today. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. You know, I, you and I love this topic and I think we have so many synergies. So whenever we talk, it's just so much fun. So I'm, I'm excited to, to come on the show. So. Well, that's great. And, and hopefully uh, we can introduce a whole new audience to Fold Factory and the work that you do. Uh, I, I find it amazing what you've done. Uh, and so, you know, it, when I when I was researching this, uh, I, I saw in your about statement on foldfactory.com, uh, it, there's a statement that says, you know more about brochure folding than anyone else in the world. That is quite a statement. And, uh, you know, I never thought I would interview somebody who's made that statement. So this is a first. Very exciting. Yeah, you've taken this passion, like this passion for uh, print and, and folding and, and, and built a business around it. Uh, and so... Uh, Give us the origin story. How did Fold Factory get going? And, and you know, what led you to start this thing up? And, and tell us about the early days of it. Sure. And, you know, it's funny how sometimes just things, it wasn't a plan for me. It just kind of, things just took shape over time. And it's weird how sometimes your life can go in different directions unexpectedly. And I, I was a designer, as you mentioned, my background is in graphic design. I went for a master's degree in print and I had to come up with a thesis project. And I was working part-time as a graphic designer for university publications at RIT. And um, I, you know, we did a lot of the same brochures over and over. And I, I, once in a while I'd be out and about and I'd see something that I'd never seen before. And I would kind of go, well, I didn't know I could do that. You know, I didn't know that was an option. So I started looking for resources on different creative ways to fold and I couldn't find anything anywhere, no resources anywhere. So then I said, well, for my thesis, I'll, I'll see if I can figure out all the different ways to fold a brochure and thinking in my, you know, 22 year old brain, oh, this will be quick and easy. I'll get out in no time. You know, this will be an easy project. And it just grew and grew. My research just grew and grew. And I, so I defended a smaller version of it for my thesis. And then the feedback on my research was so good and the connections I made were great. And I kept kind of accumulating this collection of really cool things. I'd go to all these different printers and binderies and I'd go through their sample departments and find all this like wild stuff that nobody's ever seen before. And I just started documenting 
and curating a collection, looking the, at the folding compensation mathematics, which really all the mathematics of of um, the dimensionality of paper and how to fold it. That turned. That's where kind of my template builder came from. Is is the complex mathematics that really are a lot for people to know and do to set up their files. And so I said I'm going to document that, and that's where that began. But you know, ultimately, nobody wanted to talk about math. Nobody wanted to look at diagrams. Nobody wanted like black and white illustrations of folds. They wanted the real samples. And I found that the only time people got excited was when I brought out physical samples from my collection. If I was somewhere in person and I would just say, oh, well, what about this? And they'd just go, I've never seen that before. What is that? And can I have one? Can I, you know, samples would literally disappear. Like normally honest people who would never take anything, my samples would get stolen because people would just go, I've never seen this. I have to hang on to this. So um, that's really what led to to uh, all of my research and Fold Factory and, the, you know, all the things that I was doing. And then 15 years ago, which is kind of, you know, the ideal time, the Wild West for YouTube, you know, the beginning of uh, video for B2B, that's where I really started the show, Fold of the Week. And that's kind of what put me on the map. So um yeah, it yeah. all went from there. That's amazing success with Fold of the Week on YouTube. Uh, you started in 2009, uh, and yeah. it, it has to be the print industry's most watched YouTube series. Uh, you've done over 650 <laughs> episodes and have over 30,000 subscribers. I mean, that's that's insane. Uh, you know, yeah. how, how did you build it into being this powerhouse uh, in in you know, how can marketers learn from what you've done there uh, to translate, you know, some other ideas on YouTube? Like what, what was the sweet spot that you found? Well, my sweet spot really was, I think, I, there's a formula to the show. And I think people fall in love with that formula and they kind of expect it. And so um, I think where my strength is or uniqueness, I guess, in the industry is that I have a creative background, a design background and a production background. So I'm not just saying, here's a great idea. Good luck with it. I'm saying, here's a great idea and here's how it's done. And there's, there's, I think a lot of, um, power in that. And it then became attractive to both audiences. Designers wanted the ideas and to see, and then printers also felt they, there was some education in there to help designers and, you know, that, that kind of bridging that communication gap. Um, I think as a, as a YouTube creator, um, a big part of success is showing up uh, on a schedule, you know, you really can't kind of randomly create stuff and expect to build an audience. They don't know when you're coming. They don't, you know, I became a part of people's week and, you know, every Thursday at 11 o'clock, the email would show up. And there are people that would send me pictures of their dogs jumping up to watch it in you know, the show or people saying, you know, this is one of my, you know, my favorite Thursday activity. You know, you, you start to build, um, you know, you set those expectations and you fulfill them every week. But you also can't just check a box every week. I mean, I knew that, um, you know, like I'd rather skip a show than put out a bad show. Like, and so every week, every episode has to be high quality. And the moment you check out or just start to phone it in, you know, is when your, your audience can feel that. And that's when you start to lose everybody. So I, I think, um, the, 
you have to be able to commit if you're going to, you know, develop a community and build and, and also generate, like I did sponsors and things like that. You really do have to produce and you have to produce on a schedule, um, you know, consistently. So, uh, that's also really, really, really important. Um, and then I also just always kept in mind my audience. I kept my finger on the pulse. So in my early days, I was more about wow factor. How can I, you know, shock everybody with this craziest thing they've ever seen? And and over time, and, you know, Dennis, you know this, um, you know, at Postalytics as well, you know, people's, uh, you know, the, the economy changes, budgets, budgets change, people want to get into mail that have maybe never done it before, and they can't start with the, you know, with the World Series of Mail on their first mailing, you know, of something wild and crazy. It's kind of how can I get people something that they can use today, ideas that are practical and accessible for my audience? And so I really did start to focus on accessibility. And I think that's also something that resonated with the audience and helped me grow was that stop, you know, not always focusing on these wild wow factor things that very few can produce. Um, and I think that also was a shift for me. Well, I, you know, I think that th those lessons really reflect uh, such strong marketing fundamentals, right? So, you know, know your audience and, and you know, I think often as marketers that are inside of an organization, uh, inside of a company here at Postalytics, you know, we're, we're, mm -hmm. we're obsessed with the details of what we're doing all day long. And, 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 and so you kind of want to show the more advanced thing you want to, you want to mix it up. Yeah. You, get, you get bored, right, with, with with some level of information that you have to transmit, and and you know, in doing so, you're you're losing the fact that your audience, in your case, is checking in once a week, which is amazing, right? And not every marketer gets that, so your audience, yeah. they may hear, they may actually get something from you once a month or once a quarter, and it's one of. 50,000 things are dealing with all day. And, and so, you know, keeping it basic and scheduled and, and yeah. consistent, right. Is, is a yeah. key to early marketing. And so, uh, you know, I really applaud you for figuring that out and, and, and then really leaning in on that vein, uh, to create that success. Thanks. And, you know, it, 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 over time, it gets easier. I mean, it's never easy, but over time, you know, in the beginning, I felt like I look back at my old videos, you know, my first 50 or so, you know, when you're, you're uncomfortable and you're a little bit nervous and you maybe talk too fast or too slow or you, you know, and then over time, you just, you have to kind of see it like having a conversation with your audience. It's a warm audience that wants to hear from you. And it's all about, you know, communicating with them. And I think if you can shake that out of your mindset of, you know, oh my gosh, like, you know, I'm recording this. What if people see it? What if they don't? You know, um, you have to just kind of trust your work and, you know, commit to it. And I think too, a lot of content creators probably quit too early. Um, it's, it's depressing in the beginning when you put all this work into something and you kind of feel like your expectations for views maybe don't meet what you're getting. Um, but you have to, you have to kind of stay at it and, um, improve. And over time you start to build a body of work that, you know, picks up speed. Like my sponsors didn't come in until about after episode 50, you know, you have to kind of prove a couple of things. You have to prove you're going to show up, 
You know, like if I just started a show and said, I'm doing a show and sponsor it, it's kind of, is she going to really do this? You know, are people going to show up? And you kind of have to um, get some legs on your show. You have to prove that you're going to do a quality and that you've actually got the material to create quality every week, you know? Um, you know, and I also, I think, um, you know, I had a, a good collection of materials, you know, show worthy stuff, but I don't know that I thought I'd be doing it for 15 years. So I, you know, I also had to trust that I'd find more or that people would send me more, you know, you gain momentum and then you kind of go, okay, now I need to, need to keep going here. Right. Right. Yeah. So. Well, we're going to come back to this idea of like starting in a new channel. Right. And, and I think some of yeah. us really apply, you know, that you, you got to grind, you know, like anything else you got to yeah. grind and, and get through the yeah. tough times, stick with it. And eventually momentum sort of picks up. Um, right. So and it's like mail, it's a relationship, right? It's, it's repetition. It's multiple hits. It's not a single time. Right. And so video and mail and, you know, it kind of all relates. It's these multiple exposures, same with digital, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's marketing 101 and you know so often we get kind of pulled away from that. Um yeah. so with all that, at the end of 2023, you announced that you're ending the full of the week YouTube series, which I'm sure your audience was very yeah. upset. Uh but you you now you're shifting your attention to creating some online courses to help marketers leverage the power of direct mail in today's digital world. Uh, and, and so yeah. it's a, it's a big shift. Uh, and, and, you know, you're obviously, you're no stranger to online courses. You've already done a, a, a bunch of work on LinkedIn learning, uh, and you've mm -hmm. taught 65,000 folks, you know, uh, lessons <laughs> through LinkedIn learning courses. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah. so, you know, with this notion of leveraging the power of direct mail in today's digital world, uh, it, it's something that, you know, we're really passionate about and, and it's really what, uh, was one of the inspirations behind the launch of Postalytics Academy, uh, which is our new online, uh, learning tool inside of Postalytics. Uh, so we're super excited to talk about it, uh, and, and learn more, you know, about your thought process, what led you to that decision to sh make this big shift, uh, from, you know, holding into direct mail. And, and then changing your channel also, right, from YouTube to online yeah. courses. Help us, walk us yeah. through all of that. Sure, sure. It was a, it was a big decision. And, I, you know, I, I thought about it for a long time. I almost ended at 500 episodes. Uh, it seemed like a nice round number. But then everybody's like, onward to 1,000. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I kind of kept going a couple more years. And um, I've always wanted to do a course on direct mail and really the, the pivot from folding as a subject to direct mail had more to do with the fact that format is a tool in the toolbox. It's not the tool. It's not the only thing. And I get so many questions about, you know, how, you know, uh, other things related to the process of creating mail. I've done courses on, you know, and, and books and things on direct mail strategy. And I kind of said, 
everything, so much has changed as you know, Dennis, you know, and you guys are, are really, you know, with post, uh, with the direct mail automation and, you know, making things easier for people, not only from, you know, the, the sending and the layout and all the other things that, that I think hang people up and keep them from creating mail. And what I really want to do it, with this new course is yes, to cover the, the foundations, uh, that we really have to always remember, but I also want to bring everybody up to speed on, all of the different things that have changed in the technology side of mail. And a lot of people see it as this very, you know, snail mail, you know, it's, it's boring, it's old school, but there's incredible power in tangible media and that print marketing plays really, really well with digital. And um, I just want to bring the two together and to get everybody up to speed and thinking about what they can do um, to leverage, you know, all of what's, you know, in front of us and available. So I'm pretty excited about it, you know, and, and the thing about doing a weekly series is it takes up a lot of your time and so does a course. So it was kind of, I had to choose one or the other. I kept putting it on my list to do a course and then I'd kick the can down the road. You know, another year would go by and I'd be like, I never did my course. Well, yeah, I do a weekly series and it's just like, by the time you do that, there's no time. So it really just became a, you know, gosh, I, I just want to do something new. Um, and I want to really get all this info out that I know people want and need. Um, so that's kind of what, what, uh, initiated all of this for me. So. Well, that's really great. And, uh, it's funny that, uh, you know, you've sort of arrived at this place, Postlytics has arrived at this place and, and, you know, really, if, if we're going to help people be successful, uh, they've got to learn, They've got to learn the the basics, the fundamentals, uh, and and, and yes. learn about them from a new perspective, right? Because as you said, everything right. has changed. It, this is not the channel that it was back in the eighties and nineties in the junk mail era. It was just spray and pray. It's this is all very right. very different. And and so, uh, you know, this idea of leveraging the power of direct mail in today's digital world. It is a digital world. Right. And directly yeah, a lot of designers are digital first, you know, and I get that. I mean, it's just exactly. what happened and evolved. And it's kind of how can we, you know, help them learn to use print as a tool, as a powerful tool and companion to their digital campaigns to get that added lift. Um, you know, there's just so much there and living in a digital world, you know, print stands out. Yes. So okay. it's, exactly. it's how can we kind of keep, kind of helping connect uh, these, you know, relationships and build them and brand, you know, relationships as well. And just help people use it as, as the powerful tool that it is. Um, you know, so it's very, it's, it's fun and ex it's actually a fun and exciting time in mail. Um, I think, I just think a lot of people don't realize it. And so, um, yeah. <laughs> very cool. Well, uh, so, we're all about helping the audience here at uh, uh, the direct mail automation school. So uh, give us some yeah. like couple tips, bullet points. What are the, what are in, from your sure. perspective, the top keys to being successful and using direct mail in conjunction with digital marketing? So you all, you definitely have to think about that. The, the two have kind of different roles. Digital is about, you know, um, engage and, you know, keep people interested and print is to slow people down and drive them to action. So think about it 
kind of within the customer journey, there are going to be points where you're getting these multiple digital touch points and then print slows them down and gets them to look and get interested and then to drive them back. Because um, Google has a stat, it's like 98% of people will visit your website um, and without taking action and will leave. So it's kind of, okay, good for you, digital ad. You got them there, but they left, which is what pretty much everybody does. They look, they think about it, you know, think about your own kind of buying habits. I never buy on the first exposure to something. You kind of think about it and you get reminded of it here and there. Um, you know, so once they've left, okay, like how do we get them back, you know? And as you know, Dennis, I mean, the technology of this, right, and direct mail automation and, you know, how do we get people back? We send them a postcard, we send them a mailer, we send them a catalog, you know, um, something that then, and and how many times have you shopped with a catalog in hand? There's stats on this where, you know, most people kind of, they grab the catalog, they bring it to the computer, they key in the codes or they shop with the catalog in hand. That, that catalog is the thing that drove them to go back to the web and buy. So, you know, there are some pretty pretty um, famous case studies on that as well of companies that stopped sending their catalog and then, you know, the sales dropped and, you know, they thought, oh, it's all digital. And it's like, no, the catalog drove the sales. And then they went back to using a catalog, you know. Um, and so the powerful and even simple things like postcards can drive people right back to, you know, take a look at the thing that they were looking at. So, um, you know, and that's the wonderful thing with the technology of it. You know, you were looking at a pair of shoes, you get the postcard for shoes, you head back or the special offer on the shoes or, you know, it's that technology that creates timely and relevant media that then drives you back. Um, you know, so, so that's where I think the two work really well together. Also email timed with mailings, um, you know, a lot of things like that, that, that are really, um, important as well. Sure. Sure. You know, this idea of speed, I think is really interesting. Mm -hmm. And I haven't, I haven't really heard this discussed before, but, but the idea that, uh, you know, in, the, in our digital world and our, our minds, everything is happening so quickly and uh, our attention span, right, is shrinking. And, and you know, yeah. everybody's multitasking, looking at your phone while you're doing other things. And, and this idea that there's a marketing channel that can pause that for a moment. Yeah. Right? And, and then help you absorb and, and, and probably help you commit and, and move you yeah. along a little bit more. Right. I think that's such an interesting angle. Uh, and, uh, yeah. you know, there's all this research that's been done about the way that uh, our brains operate when we yeah. are uh, holding something, a, a physical thing, and perceiving things like brand, uh, re yes. retaining information about what you're reading. Uh, and, and, you know, there's our brains are so much more effective at absorbing messages and information that way, because that's really how we were designed, right? As humans, yeah. to be real, right. With you know, holding things right. and leaving the real world rather than digital things. So I think what you're saying about this idea of speed makes so yeah. much sense. And, and, you know, they call snail mail, right? 
Uh, and you know, it's not really snail mail anymore with automation, right? It's all wow. right, 24-7, 365. Things are being triggered out of your marketing automation tools. But, exactly. but this idea that, that you can slow down that consumer and slow down their mind a little bit yeah. to you know, get that message and absorb and, and, and have a nice pause in their day, in that digital first day. I think that's super powerful. Yeah. And it's a welcome thing. You know, it's something nobody's pushing me to do it. I can look at it on my own time. You know, you look at something digital, you could click and go somewhere totally, you know, somewhere else, something can distract you. A printed, printed media, it's not going to move. Like your brain knows that, that it's not going to move. It's not going to change. You can, you know, it's, 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 less of a kind of an energy load to read it because it's not moving and changing, you know, and that's the, the powers that people actually enjoy those quieter moments without distraction and, you know, taking their time to look through something, um, you know, so it is, it's, it's, it's powerful how it works and it's, it's up to marketers to really leverage that. And I think, you know, that side of it is really important to understand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, great stuff. So, uh, with back to the online courses, uh, give our audience a little preview of what you're planning. You know, first of all, you know these are marketers. So, who's your ideal customer, right? Who, who are you targeting uh, with this? And and then, what value do you see? What what pain points are you addressing? Uh, you know, what's the value proposition for that ideal customer? Sure. So I see this course. I mean, to me, as I'm as I'm creating it, I'm creating this course for not only digital first designers, people who might be asked to send mail or who want to send mail and want to get into it, but can't crack open the direct mail DMM, you know, hundreds of pages and trying to figure it out. It's kind of, you know, how how can I get this foundational information combined with today's updates? and a combination of you know print plus digital strategy to just get everybody up to date. So this is for people who want to send mail or are digital first, people who you know design for mail maybe currently and are feeling pretty stale with it, feel like they kind of are, are looking for something new and some fresh ideas and an update. Um, and this is also for people who might um, you know, may be decision makers in, in this as well. You know, marketers who might be trying to allocate, you know, how much print do we want to send? How much, you know, do we want to use this as a, as a, uh, a medium, you know, it's kind of, how can I present the full picture um, for anybody who kind of is in that decision-making process as well? It's not going to get super deep into the weeds of, you know, these are all the specifications that you need for all of this, you know, that, that might be in resources, but the, the course itself is about, um, and also, by the way, it's not about just big ideas. Here's some wow stuff, you know? No, it, it's really, I'm a very tactical person. I like the, um, the, the strategies and things that are practical that people can use. So my goal is to kind of give everybody this great up-to-date overview of the process and what can be done, you know, here, here's the process and also here's where, where it is and where it's going. Um, and how to use it. And, you know, I'll point you to some resources and tools and things, um, you know, and, and it's really all about just getting people to understand how to use it and get how to use mail and get their best results 
out of it. So um, it's it's very tactical. And my expectation is when people come out of it, they'll feel like I've got like five or six, 10 things that I could do today. Like I want people to come out of it and say, I, I want to check out this. I want to do that. Um, not, okay, those were really great things. If someday I have a really big budget, like that to me is useless to people. So it's sure. really all about a practical guide um, to today's um, mail, a, pl- a print plus digital technology, basically. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, uh, I'll wrap up with one final question. Uh, and, and I think touching on this idea of being practical, that's something is definitely yeah. what, what we're all about as well. And, and uh, so, and, and given that we're, we're really talking about an audience of folks that are, are new to direct mail, um, yeah. what are, in your view, like the top three mistakes that people make? Uh, when they're new to direct mail, uh, you know, what are the yeah. things that they'll often trip over as they are getting into the channel? This is such a great question. Um, I love this type of stuff because I always have like so many tips that I just want to like, ah, don't do this or do that. Um, one of the one of the biggest things I see um, from people who are new to mail is this kind of um, instinct to design uh, brand material rather than mail. So, you know, meaning mail has a job to do. Mail is about sales. It's about driving people to do something, whatever your goals are for that mailer. It might be sales. It might be getting additional information. It might be registering for a webinar, whatever it is, there has to be a call to action. And there also really needs to be kind of a deadline to act, you know? Um, Otherwise, there's no way to really measure the campaign. If it's very open-ended, then how do you know what lift you created? How do you know how uh, effective it was? And then it's very hard to attribute to it. And a lot of people who are, you know, print designers and you're trying to fight for, you know, using print or whatever, if you have no way to attribute sales or results to it, then, you know, how do you then justify it um, and keep doing it, you know, and justify its value? So, you know, um, that kind of desire to do brand design that really looks cool, but, you know, maybe has tiny type and little reverse out stuff and things that, you know, that, that look really cool aesthetically, but people are looking at it. They're looking for what it is you want. And I, I'm always amazed at how many mailers I see that don't really have a purpose. And I'm like, oh, what a waste of an opportunity, you know? So that would be probably um, my number one. Um, let's see. Uh, number two is probably, I, and, I, and I'm a designer, so I'm not blaming designer. I'm a designer and I get this. Um, the, the kind of focus and, and desire to go right into the design and the creative before really focusing on the foundational stuff. So, you know, Dennis, you know this with Postalytics is all about timing, right? So like designing something really great, but sending it at a time where it doesn't arrive at the right time or doesn't account for the timing to mail or the, um, you know, or, or let's say great piece, wrong audience, again, useless, right? So if you don't have kind of those foundational things in focus, um, the goal of the mailer, the call to action, things like that. All of those elements, um, you know, even just classic 40, 40, 20 rule, right? Audience is 40%, offer is 40%, everything else is 20. You know, we can argue that those ratios have changed, um, you know, over time, uh, you know, 60, 40, 30, or, or 60, 40, no, sorry, 60, 30, 10. <laughs> I need to do my math. Um, you know, 60, 30, 10, where, you know, okay, it's really about, audience and offer, 
you know, everything else, the design is great and it's important, but it's actually less important than a relevant message and a powerful offer getting there at the right time. You know what I mean? It's like those things really, really, really matter um, to stay relevant, right? Um, and to get people when they're decision-making. You and I talked a lot about time and timing and about how powerful it is to get somebody while they're thinking. People are moving fast, buying fast. Okay, if you don't get back to them, they've found somebody else, right? It's kind of how do you stay in that loop and stay in that customer journey? So, so much of it relies on much more than design. Um, and I say that as a designer who feels kind of heartbroken about the concept that design can be like this much of it. Um, so that's my, that's my second one. And that's a hard one for designers to accept. Um, and then my third is probably not using like a template or a, um, you know, any type of a resource. Um, you know, I know you guys have them at Postalytics. I'm hardcore on templates and, and different things that help you get things the right size. A big thing about mail is sizing and proportion and, you know, placement of the mailing panel and things like that. And if you just dive in as a designer, so I'm just going to design something and you design something and it's the wrong proportion, it's the wrong size, it, it relies on everyone around you, your service providers, whatever you're doing, it relies on everyone else to catch your mistakes and hopefully fix them. And you can't guarantee that. And, um, you know, you may not have time to go through and research appropriate sizes and all of that. So it's kind of, you know, using what's available, resources, services, you know, technologies like Postalytics that can like do all of that for you so that you're not making a um, expensive error. You know, you make the wrong proportion, you end up with a direct ma- with a with a postal surcharge that really adds up. Like the things that you can do wrong because you kind of just dove in and made something Um, you know, take advantage of the resources that are available to make mail a little bit easier Um, and, uh, you know, to not make those expensive mistakes. Um, So that would be probably my number three um, is, you know, focusing on the things that make it a little bit easier um, so that you're not making expensive mistakes. Uh, That that all makes uh, great sense. Uh, (laughs) And so, you know, uh, designed for performance, yeah. right? Number one, you don't. You're going to get brand lift regardless. Yeah. But 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 as you said, mail is primarily a performance channel, right? It's it it's is like email. It's like digital ads. It's trying to get you to do something. So design yes. that, right? Yes. Uh, and for traditional print designers, that can be counter to everything in their being. It's like you always want to make beautiful, and sometimes. And it's, it's, it sounds crazy, but sometimes ugly wins, sometimes bold wins, sometimes, you know, loud wins. And um, you have to kind of accept that for the purpose of the piece, which is to drive people to do something. That's right. That's right. So uh, design for performance, uh, strategy before design, yeah. right? You know, yes. what is the purpose of Everything. this? What is the audience? What is yeah. the timing, right? All of those things have to be in place before you start designing, and and so uh, that's yeah. a great number two, and then and then number three is uh, use tools that have guardrails yes. that will prevent yes, guardrails. Great word, actually. Yeah. We love that word. It'll they'll prevent you I from making 
you know, fundamental mistakes that will cost you. So, so if you can find tools that, you know, force you down a path that is known and it works, follow them. So love it. Those are three great, great tips. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, uh, well, to wrap up, uh, Trish, this has been awesome. Uh, always oh, enjoying so speaking. You've got awesome energy. You know, you are uh, uh, the, the person that knows the most about folding brochures of anyone in the world. And, and I'll never forget that. And so, so uh, and you're launching an exciting new venture, you know, with your online courses. So tell our customers, where can uh, they get in touch with you. How can they learn more and follow you? You're, you're thinking uh, launching sometime this spring. Is that it? Yeah, spring launch. Um, and, you know, I love when people connect with me on LinkedIn. So please, I'm just Trish Wachowski on LinkedIn. And of course, you can check out my uh uh, website foldfactory.com and you can sign up for my email list which um, is always kind of the best way to to uh, you know learn the latest and some inside scoop and and things like that and then of course if you want to check out my uh, you know almost a thousand videos on YouTube you can always go to youtube.com slash foldfactory um, to check out all those videos are free to see um, you know don't check out the super early ones they're embarrassing <laughs> the later ones are, are, are pretty good. <laughs> Excellent. Well, uh, I'm, uh, we're all excited to see what you come up with here with your new courses. And uh, uh, thank you for joining us today. Uh, we've had a blast and uh, we look forward to uh, connecting with you and, and seeing how everything unfolds over the coming year. Awesome. Thanks so much, Dennis. It's been a blast. <laughs>